Welcome back to Tuesday Take, where we take a deeper look into this week's teaching. Hey, welcome back to Tuesday Take. I'm sitting here with Pastor James. Pastor. What's up? How are you, man? What are you doing? Just podcasting. What about you? I'm trying to do the same. <laughs> man, how are you this morning? Pretty well. I think everything's... Uh... Got Piper's school this morning and Eagle School. Yeah, and that's it. Just trying to live the dream today. Living the dream. You have a tea. I do. What What are you What are you What are you drinking? I'm drinking the Aquaman tea from Domo Nutrition. What What is? That? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like a grape Arctic blue. Well, and that's just purple now. But anyway. So they're pretty good. It's good. What's it taste like? Is there like anything you can compare it to? Grape, grapey, blue raspberry, mixed between those. Sounds good. So. Going to have energy all day. I'm gonna have to go get one. Look, yeah, I may. The, I already feel the yawns coming this morning. To be yeah. honest, I already feel them. <laughs> Should have got one before we start <laughs> podcasting. Got one. That uh, that Coke Zero ain't doing me no help. Um, man, jumping into some questions from this week. Um. I, I know going into Sunday, you and I talked, um, and you were, I think, multiple times was just like, man, this is going to be a hard word. This is going to be a, a a fun morning. This is going to be a you know a very one that's not going to sit well with people probably. Yeah. Um, but jumping into some questions, the first point um, that you had uh, this week was the message of the gospel is divisive. I think whenever you say that, we immediately don't like it. Why does that not sit well with us? I think it doesn't sit well with us because, well, I, like I think we want to be liked by people. We we don't want to be, you know, we talked about it being offensive to people. So like we don't want to be offensive, you know. Like I, I think like we don't want, like we want to be free of strife and all that kind of stuff. And so then for Jesus then to tell us that, hey, um, what I came to bring in this message and what I'm, I'm calling is going to divide people. Like it's going to be divisive. It's going to be offensive. People aren't going to understand. And so I think when you hear that, we're like, ah, well, I mean, I, I know for most of it, like don't like confrontation and stuff and don't like, you know, upsetting people. And so to hear that the message and the thing that we believe with all of our hearts, people will reject it. People will be mad about it. People will take it out on us. Um, I think that's kind of doesn't sit well with us. You know, it's just like, ah, you know, it, it doesn't sound real nice. You know, I think that's why you see um, some movements and some belief systems within the Christian faith move away from the divisive nature of the gospel, and they move to more of like, hey, no, everything's fine. Everybody's what? Because I think you're right. I think that ultimately we just want to be liked. You know, we want to be included and. Some of the things that the gospel says is a quick way to not be included. Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the tests is like, hey, if we're, whether preaching or teaching or just personal life, like if if the message is not in some way convicting people or, and not that it's every single, because there's some messages that, you, you know, when we speak about great, like you're like, oh, that makes me feel so good. And so, but I think on a, a, a basis, if we're like looking over everything and then we realize hey, I'm never convicted or this never confronts me, then I think the 
maybe we're not preaching the whole message of what, you know. And it's not that we're trying to be jerks or abrasive to people or just saying things to be just hard, you know, just saying hard things just for the sake of it. But I think when you look through Scripture, and even like we've done in um, chapter 10, I mean, he said some really hard things. And so this is part of the message, you know. So I think if we, on a scale, be like, oh, yeah, I'm sitting under somebody or I'm listening to this thing and I'm never convicted, I'm never like, ooh, that kind of, that, that, that steps on my toes there, then that may not be a good thing. Not that every week has to be that, but. For sure. So one of the things you said Sunday was that we need to let the gospel be offensive, not us. Um, What happens when we stay close to the truth of Scripture, we hold close to that, and unbelievers say that we're not loving or they say that we're offensive? Like, how do we navigate those waters? So I— um, that's a good question because I, I, I meant to dig a little more into it on Sunday because I think there's a reality in what Jesus is going to tell us. is like people will falsely accuse you of things. And so I think one of the things we need to understand is when we come to the message of the gospel, when we preach the whole counsel of Scripture, when we call sin, sin, when we, do, when we talk through that, people will respond in your unloving, uh, you you are abrasive, or you're trying to be divisive. Why can't you just love all people? Why do you have to have dividing lines? Why do you say some people are going to heaven and some people are going to hell? You know what was that new song that just came out that Tim McGraw just did? Um, yeah, oh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and and it has a good sentiment to it, but it's like um, there's a line that he he talks about in uh, Shane's pulling it up on his computer I am right now, right now. But there's a line that I was listening to, and it talks about, let's see what it says, about, I think it's like heaven or hell. Let me let me find it. Hold on. It's like brand new that Tim McGraw, Tim McGraw and somebody else just did it, um, where. I can't find it. The here on earth? No. Nah. We'll just keep going. Here, we'll, we'll take a quick break. And we're back. We're back. We found right, it. We found it. <laughs> we found it. Um, yeah, the line, I, I couldn't think of the title. So the line is you either go to church or you're going to go to hell. Right. So in that course, there, there's a little sentiment of like going to church didn't make, didn't, that doesn't lead you to go to heaven. It's knowing Jesus. But it's the same sentiment of like that people have this idea of like when, when you say, all right, if you know Jesus, you're going to heaven. But if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then you're going to hell. Well, people don't like, I mean, you're dividing a line. You're bringing the sword. And so people don't like that. And so when you do that, people will inevitably say that you are not empathetic, you're unloving, you're ungracious, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think in that, so I think one of the things that we talked about Sunday is like the reason the gospel message is offensive, and what we need to make sure on our end is that we are loving. We're we're seeking to love. We're seeking to be peaceable, even though knowing our message. I was going to read this this out of uh, uh, John fifteen, and Jesus says this. John fifteen verse twenty says, "Remember uh, the uh, the word that I've said to you: a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they keep my word, they will also keep yours." But all these things they will do to you on my account, on the account of my name, because they do not know who sent me. So he says, it's like, they're going to do this because of me. Like, the reason why they're going to accuse you falsely, the reason why they're going to do this, it's because of me. So, and I think there's a level of, for us is that we internalize it and we think that they're doing it toward us. And so we feel like it is toward us. But Jesus ultimately says, no, they're doing this because of me. 
And so, but they're just projecting it on on you because of what you're stand for. But I think one of the things that we need to make sure of in our own life is that um, that when people do say, "Well, you're unloving," like you don't, you know, is that not that we're trying to prove anything? But I think when you look at our life, when people accuse us of that and be like, "Yeah, but do you know that our track record, let's say as a church corporately or as an individual, of like, but what about all these things we've done?" to show love to people. And so, so I think in our end, we need to make sure that we're doing things to show that we do love people, you know, like, Hey, we, we're, we're calling sin, sin, and this is what this is, but yet we still seek to be with people and love people, even though this is our message, you know? And so I think there has to be a balance of, you know, knowing that people will say things of, you know, I mean, that I think in our world today, like if you call sin, sin and say like, Hey, if you don't know Jesus, you're going to go to hell. Like, that's that's a very, you know, you're prideful to think that you think you're the only one that knows the way or, wow, you're not very inclusive. You're being exclusive to people. and yeah. So all that message is going to come out, but we just have to anticipate it, knowing it's because of Jesus. And then what, it, what we looked at Sunday is as it depends upon us, we're seeking to live peaceably with people. We're not trying to be abrasive, a jerk, mean. Um, because some, some Christians, if we're honest, they are jerks, and they are mean, and they are unloving, and they are judgmental. Yeah. And so, like, while they're like, oh, yes, it's our message is offensive. It's like, yeah, but you're also super judgmental, too, and you're also super—you're a jerk. And so, you know what I mean? And yeah. so, so, like, sometimes it's true, so we want to make sure on our end that it's—we're seeking to be peaceable and loving and gracious toward people, but while still staying firm in the message, you know, of the gospel. So. Absolutely. Um, you read Luke fourteen twenty six. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. We talked a lot about in Sermon on the Mount, when you look at things, it's like, well, that's a very figurative statement. Uh, But we see Jesus saying things literally. And so whenever we look at loving Jesus supremely, does this mean that we have to leave every other relationship behind us? So I think there's a level of saying yes, and there's a level of saying no um, in that. And I think the point that Jesus is trying to make is basically the driving force now of your life when you come to me to follow me is that now your relationship with me, really every other relationship is subordinate to the relationship you have with me. And so we know this about relationships. I mean, whether it's a wife, whether it's friends, whether it's family, um, siblings, what all all of that. Like I, we know that like that they take priority in our life you know they set our schedules they set our priorities they set our focus for our life and so I think what Jesus is trying to say is like the focus the driving force of your life is to be a relationship with me not these other relationships not not and I think it's similar to the kind of the illustration we talked about like Kirsten um like Kirsten when we got married you know it changed the way I'm now in relationship with other people it didn't mean I don't have relationships with other people. It just means that there's now a greater relationship that has more of my focus and priority in my life. And so in a similar way, I think it's the same thing with Jesus, is that now this is the priority. Because I think the point that Jesus is trying to make is what happens when, let's say, as a parent, they say, like, hey, if you do this, then you're going to be, like, we're kicking you out of the family. And so in those moments of, like, okay, well, which are you going to choose? And what Jesus is saying is to truly be my disciple means that you choose me. You choose the relationship with me. Same thing with friends. And you know this well, like in junior high, high school, college, and even as we get older, like 
peer pressure. There's certain things that it's like, okay, are, are you going to choose your friends? Or are you going to choose me? And knowing this, um, and I think it's hard, like knowing that sometimes following Jesus will cost you relationships, you know, and there's relationships that I've had in my life that I've lost. Um, not that, not that people were bad or anything like that, but I think it's just who, who are you going to choose me or them? Um, and so I think for us, sometimes that seems really hard, but I think the point Jesus is trying to make is the love and the priority you set for me in the relationship you have with me is to be so extreme that it would almost seem like you hate, every, almost hate everything else because you're willing to put everything else on the back burner for me, you know? And so. For sure. I think uh, out of the three points that we had Sunday, I think that we can gel with most of them. Um, the, gof- the gospel is divisive. I think that we can agree on that. Following Jesus means loving him supremely. I think that we get that. We may not always live it perfectly, but I think we get it. But losing your life to find it is just uncomfortable. And honestly, I think when we hear this, we don't know what that looks like practically. So what does it mean to to lose our life to find it? So I think at some level, um, like I was thinking, I don't know if I quoted it. Um, I don't think I quoted it Sunday, but I was thinking about Galatians 2.20. You know, Paul says, for I've been crucified with Christ. Um, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so when you look at that, like he's saying, like, now, like, my determining factor of my life is is Christ. It's not me, my wants, my needs, my, my thing. And so I, I was thinking of just some practical ways. Like, think about so much of our life right now is, hey, what do you feel? Uh, what feels good? Um, what feels right? What um, desires do you have? What, you know, and so we talk a lot about that of like, you know, and then really what Jesus is saying is like all those have to submit to me. And so now you're not living based on your desires. You're not living based on your want because we know it's like there are things that we may want that are harmful to us. There's things we may want or desire that are sinful. And so it's like this level of like, all right, you have to die to yourself of like literally. And, and I mean, and I think everybody on the, on the, uh, almost said on the call, nobody's on a call on the podcast. I mean, I think everybody would know this is like, to resist and, and not sin and not give in to what we want. It feels like death, like to not do something that you want to do, like literally feels like this war inside of you of like, yeah, but I want to do this, but Scripture says don't do it, or God says this is not the way. And so I think it's that that war that we have, and so it's, it's that level of, which I think is hard for all of us, is saying in those moments to trust, all right, Jesus knows better, and to literally have to, kill it like your what you want is saying i will willingly not do this in order to follow jesus and so that's hard um it's uncomfortable it's i think it goes against our flesh our sinful nature and so that's why it's so hard you know and so i think in some practical level just this idea of sin of like if you're going to come to jesus then it's this killing of what you of what you want um because many times what we want is not good or um, it's distorted. And so, um, you know, of course you look at the garden, you know, um, we see what happens when you give in to your desires of what you want. I mean, she saw the fruit. It was desirous. It looked good, you know, and she gives into that. And uh, it was complete rebellion against God and nothing but 
death, destruction came from all of that. And so it's the same thing for our life. And so I think practically of, you know, I think one of the easiest ways, uh, when I say easiest, not not this easy, but like is really looking at our sinfulness, you know, our desires, our wants, our, and to say, hey, look, I'm not going to live my life based upon what I want, my desires, my life, but it's going to be Jesus and others are over that. And that's yeah. hard. Absolutely. Well, man, uh, jumping into the last question of the day, the Know Your Pastor portion of the podcast. Actually, can I do something real quick? Sure. Can I? I'm going to add one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. And then, we'll, and then we'll jump into fun yeah. question. Yeah. Because here's kind of something I thought about. I, I don't know if I said it enough on Sunday morning. Um, is I think at some level when we're talking about loving Jesus supremely over everything else, there's a level of people – I don't know if you felt this way, Shane. I, I I may have felt some of this way of like, man, I'm not qualified to be a disciple. Like yeah. like when you walk through all these things, you're like, I'm a pretty terrible person, um, or I don't feel like I measure up, you know, to this. And so one of the terms I tried to use Sunday was that we're striving to love Him supremely. And so I just like I want to encourage everybody of like this is a call that He's given us, but He wouldn't call us to do something that we're unable to do, not in our own power, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. Him changing our desires, changing our affections. Um, and something I think we like to say here is that it's not about perfection, but it's about direction. So it's the direction of my life trending toward prioritizing Jesus over everything. And so I don't, I don't want myself or people, all of us, to be like, come out of those kind of messages and just being like, why well, I'm terrible, I'm the worst. I mean, we are terrible many times, but just to not... Um, Think if I don't do it perfectly, then I, I'm obviously not a disciple because you see all the disciples that he's speaking to have failed in some way. And so we're thankful that God's faithful and we're faithless in ways that sometimes we prioritize other relationships over him. God still remains true to us, um, and this is a process of sanctification. So it's a process that we're learning through, through our life of this killing our, our desires, our self, seeking to love him and so i don't know that's just something that i thought about i don't know if i said it very much on sunday but i want to make sure everyone understands it's a good point of clarity man it's a good it's a good i just want people to walk and be like well i'm I'm the worst (laughs) disciple ever it's like well (laughs) yeah we all mess up you know and but i think it's this are we striving are we trending in this direction that's good things so Anyway, good, man. jump back to uh, so now the silly, your, quiz, silly question of the, the, of the day. The Know Your Pastor portion of the podcast. There's a lot of peas in that. Um, who is your hero and why? Did you see the right answer? Or you're looking? I mean, you nah, can say that. Nah. <laughs> I mean, piggybacking off the, the disciple thing. I mean, you can, but. Yeah. Um. I'd probably say, physically speaking, like just earthly relationships. There's a lot of people that I, I mean, probably my dad. If I had, uh, yeah, probably my dad. Just the way that I look up to him and uh, the wisdom that he has. Want to be like him, you know that kind of deal. So that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Your your dad is one in a million. He is awesome. Just from an outside perspective, just backing up what you're saying, he really is awesome. Well, I think, and you know, 
I don't know, just seeing the way that he lives his life. He's not perfect by any means, but, um, you know, or even just like as a – and even during the day, like I know he's always busy at work and all that stuff, but he always has time to talk. Um, when I was growing up in high school, he always always had time for me to stop by his office, and whatever he was doing, he would usually just stop. So, you know, uh, not only just the way that he lived, but also the way he was a dad and so wanting to be that same way. That's awesome, man. My kids, you know. That's awesome. Well, I think you're doing a great job. Just outside looking in. We will we'll see. The jury's still out, but we'll see. Well, man, thank you for sitting down and answering a couple questions. And thank you for checking out another episode of Tuesday Take.